Gary V was in Toronto and he like tweeted a photo of a restaurant downtown and was like, you know, I'll be hanging out and, you know, answering some questions. And so I hopped in my car and flew over there and everyone was trying to take selfies with him. And I was just like, oh, you know what's kind of cool? And I'm sure what Gary would like to see is like him in the street of Toronto. It was late at night with this like red light of the restaurant coming down. So I took a shot of him on this street. It was kind of very moody, very cool with all these people and he's chatting with these people. Anyways, I put it on Twitter and sure enough, he like retweeted it. We were chatting, he like followed me on Twitter. It escalated so quickly only because just for like one second, I thought what would be valuable to Gary in this moment? And it's not a selfie. Like he doesn't care about, he, that's not helpful to him at that moment. If you really think about your customer and what they're wanting, your stuff will stand out way above everybody else. Put that content down. Content. For clothes on. What's your name? Content. That's my name. <laughs> you know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. Content is for closers. Welcome back to Content is for Closers. We have a special episode today. I know some of you listening to my voice are a little shocked that you don't hear Adam giving the intro. But today he is not here because I fired him and... He's no longer with the company. Just kidding. He is actually on vacation and he challenged me. He said, Carlton, I want you to take the mic. Whatever you feel like, you it's up to you. So knowing that, I thought, you know, how can I provide the most value to our audience? My background as a photographer, as a designer, I think there are a lot of great opportunities for business owners, for people making content to up their game a little bit. So I thought if I'm going to have a guest, I need to bring in somebody who knows a lot about photography, who knows a lot about design. And the first person I thought of was my good friend, Luke Cleland. So welcome to the show, Luke. Thanks for having me, Carlton. I'm excited about this. Yeah. So Luke, we go back quite a ways to art school and he actually photographed our wedding. We were friends at the time. I think you were just starting out, but I photographed weddings for about six years, six to seven years, kind of on the side while I was a teacher. I thought we would jump on the show and really just kind of give some practical tips by understanding a little bit more about taking quality photos and videos without breaking the budget. Luke, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you got started in photography and in videography and, and how that journey has gone? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you say your wedding because I took a lot of photos and my friends knew about that and they were like, hey, you should take our wedding photos. And at first I was so shocked because I had never known someone that was a photographer, which was one of the reasons why I was doing graphic design. Because I was like, that's the closest thing you can be to being an artist and actual make a living that your mom won't be so concerned about. In design, I love design and I, I thought of myself very much as an artist. And the more that I did photography as a hobby, the more people saw the value in my skill in one way, because I took a lot of photos, I was I was really good, really on at digital photography and how I was able to tell stories. And I vividly remember Carlton, I don't think we've ever talked about this. I still remember us sitting in the room and you're like, I really want you to shoot our wedding because I feel like you have like a an artistic eye. Like I like what you see. That was a cool moment because it was like, okay, here I've like cultivated how to see things and how to tell a good story. And, and I felt like you were someone that believed in me early on to be like, hey, 
you should you should do this for my own wedding. So anyway, so yeah, I've been a wedding photographer ever since I got married in between. Uh, and my wife has been an incredible addition, but she's added so much to our business that in the last few years has has really changed it. Has really we've really amped up our business in a lot of ways, which makes me excited to talk and be on a podcast like this because I'm really passionate and really excited about business and how to even create better content for myself, which is crazy to think as as a photographer. You know, it might must be easy for us. It's not easy, and we can always learn and get good tips from other people. So I think I think this will be helpful for everybody involved. <laughs> just to kind of side note as well, Luke has a YouTube channel as well as Instagram, and not just the content that you take for other people, but then what you're publishing for yourself. I, I think what's hard about this is we're on a podcast, right? So some people maybe you're going to talk about photos and videos and you're doing it through audio form. Yeah, we are. We're, we're going to just describe everything in articulate detail so you get a great mental picture. A lot of the the battle that people have, and we've talked about this in the last few episodes, is a lot of it's mental. A lot of it's getting in our own way and thinking no one really wants to see what, I, what I'm looking at or what I see. So much of what we have to learn first is really learning the habit of capturing things, whether it's photo or video, really getting into the habit to where you're always looking at different things that come up. I know for me, one of the things that I'm always looking at is light. Like it's probably back to my photography days, but that's really what's at the core of so much of what allows us to capture photos. But beyond that, there's several different ways that, that you can approach taking photos and taking videos and even just capturing content in general. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about like what it looks like to have that habit of capturing things day to day. And then we're going to give some practical tips on how to improve the quality without hiring a pro like Luke here. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm killing his business. You're actually going to realize how hard it is, and then you're going to go hire him. And then we're going to talk finally about how to get creative with it and some tips for being creative with photos and with videos and with capturing content. So, you know, I, I think we got to help the audience think about where to start. I'm going to tell you right now, you do not need to start by going out and buying the most expensive camera or the most expensive video camera. We have some pretty amazing technology in our pockets. It's unfair. It's honestly unfair how good phone cameras are. It really is. It's amazing what you can do. And I, you mentioned my YouTube channel. I actually do a lot of that. I have an iPhone 12 and I do a lot of the video with, with my iPhone. Like the quality is amazing. And as long as you know some of the things about lighting, maybe a few basic tips about lighting, you can make incredible things with your phone. And you don't need a crazy $5,000 camera to do that. You'd be surprised at the quality that you can get when you take some of those lighting tips we're going to talk about a little bit later in mind. And really, you just have to start with what you have. So many people, I think, get caught up in the the technology or in the software or even the right channels. Like I've, I've got to create this account or I've got to grow to enough subscribers before I start publishing. I know we've said it on this podcast before, but just start creating and you'll be surprised with what you can come up with because a lot of it is that habit that as you capture and as you create things, you're going to start learning things and you're going to start adding to your knowledge set or your experiences around capturing content. I would add to that too, whether it's even on a wedding day or whether it's like a like an idea for you know a video content that I had for my YouTube channel or something like that. So many times it was a big mental challenge of like, oh, should I do it? Oh, it's just like a stupid idea. No one cares about this. Like, and then it's like, no, you know what? I'm just going to try the idea. I'm just going to take the photo. I'm going to shoot the video, see what happens. 
And okay, sometimes it's bad, but a lot of the time, you know what? That actually was pretty good. I think a lot of times you'd surprise yourself if you just got out there and tried something and didn't let your, your inner critic take over all your doing things. Anytime I've taught, done like one-on-one coaching with photography, teaching people how to use, you know, their fancy cameras, whether it's fancy cameras or your iPhone, the first thing that I always think about and I always talk to someone about is the fact that you don't really even start seeing things in photography until you start taking the photos and not just take them and like fire them and then never look at them again. Like take the photos and then look at what you've done and really inspect it. And it's only then when you start realizing like, oh, maybe this photo does look yellow or maybe it does look blurry or like maybe if I brighten the background a little bit, this photo wouldn't look so dingy and it wouldn't look so sad. Like there's so many times where I give someone one tip, like a really simple tip for photography is be aware of what light sources are going on when you're taking the photo. So go by a window and use natural light. And I think that's really helpful. But I think the one part that a lot of people leave out of that tip is the step two of that, the advanced version of that, is that you don't want to mix light colors. So for example, right now I'm using like all natural light. If I was to turn on my like, you know, my lights in my studio here that are in the ceiling above, it will look yellow. And that's because your camera can't deal with two different colors of lights at one time. And it starts looking muddy and gross. Like when you take a photo with your family at night, like you're in the family room and you're like, what is going on? Why does everything look so weird? Is because there's probably different colors of light mixing in there. And it just like makes everything messy. And so that's why that tip is helpful. Go by a window because there's only one color of light coming in at one time. And that's why those photos like look so clean and clear. Um, and so I think when you, when you start taking photos with like a tip like that in mind, then you start looking for yellow photos and you're like, oh, okay, it's yellow when I do this, or it's like, it looks blue when I do this. So if you take a tip like that and then actually implement it, that's when you really start to learn. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so much of it comes down to observing what's around you. And then I think also start asking yourself questions from your customer's perspective. So like, what is it that my customers want to see? What is it that, that they're interested in? And there may be some obvious things, you know, sitting right in front of you. Maybe it's the, the way that you start your process. Maybe you're a chemical company. And when this giant shipment of chemicals comes in, and to you, it's just another boring day of a delivery. But to somebody mm. else, to a customer, that might be really interesting. Every single photo has something in it. So start to ask yourself, like, what people, what places, what things, you know, like, like nouns, which of those would be interesting to my customers? What, who, what would they like to see? And then mm. what, what do you like to see? What are the things that you find interesting day to day about your own job? Start with asking yourself those questions. What's around me and how can I observe the the things that are taking place right in front of me to tell that story and start to capture content from that perspective. And something to think about, especially if you've been in business for a long time and you do the same thing over and over again, I think I'm aware of this, especially when I got married and my wife kind of came into my process and saw things that I did and she would be like, oh, wow, you just like can like you do that. Things that are very simple and everyday basic to me can be quite interesting to other people. And so if you're just like, oh, this is just like my normal job, you'd actually be surprised at how fascinated people can be on the outside. They could be boring to you, but interesting to someone else. 
think about the mundane and then also think about the end result. What's the end result that your customer wants from you and make sure you show, show that as well. I think that's probably the Mm -hmm. most natural place people go when they think about capturing content for their business. Just a quick example. There was a rental company that I, I rented a skid steer from. I was trying to basically renovate my front yard. I took a picture at the end of the day. I just snapped it and I posted it with my review. And I think to this day, it's been viewed over 10,000 times. So, you know, it's just kind of crazy. People love to see results. They love to see that end result that the customer is going for. And if you can show that through a good quality photo, then that will go a long ways. I have a funny story in terms of thinking of what the like, quote unquote, customer wants. This was, oh man, maybe five, six years ago, Gary V was in Toronto. And he like tweeted a photo of a restaurant downtown and was like, you know, I'll be hanging out and, you know, answering some questions. And so I hopped in my car so fast and flew over there. And there was probably like 20, 30 people outside the restaurant. He comes out, he's chatting, taking photos, signing books. I had my book with me and everyone was trying to take selfies with him. There was like a big crowd around him chatting. And I was just like, oh, you know what's kind of cool? And I'm sure what Gary would like to see is like him in the street of Toronto. It was late at night with this like red light of the restaurant coming down. And I had my camera with me. And I so I took a shot of him on this street. It was kind of very moody, very cool with all these people and he's chatting with these people. Anyways, I put it on Twitter. And sure enough, he like retweeted it. We were chatting. He like followed me on Twitter. When I thought about this afterwards, I was realizing, wow, like that's what Gary wants. He wants a photo of himself. Uh, talking to people, giving other people value. It was really important to him. And I was able to, you know, we were like messaging on Twitter and I was asking him about a project, all this, like it escalated so quickly only because just for like one second, I thought what would be valuable to Gary in this moment? And it's not a selfie. Like he doesn't care about, that's not helpful to him at that moment. And so I thought this is actually going to go really well for both of us. Anyways, that just popped into my mind in terms of like, if you really think about your customer and what they're wanting, your stuff will stand out way above everybody else because it actually will hit a chord with them. That's yeah, that's an awesome story. I love that. Really this start, I think Luke and I agree, is really the foundation. You have to be capturing, you have to be getting content. And I know everyone listening to this is like, yeah, we've heard that a hundred times from this podcast. But but I think some things that maybe you haven't heard are just some quick practical tips. Luke already let one about lighting, but really I think the idea would be once you get that habit established, now let's try to work on the quality of those photos, the quality of those videos, so that you can go to the next level when it comes to making your content stand out because there are a ton of people right now that are putting in the work to capture their content. So now let's let's take it a, the next step above that and think just some practical tips that help take your photography up a notch. So the best way to start with that for me is think about what people don't want. When you go on Instagram or you're on any sort of social media platform and you see videos and photos that are just super blurry or super shaky, There's several things that just make the video annoying to watch or make the photo another one that just looks like all the rest. So look at the opposite. What are some of the ways to achieve those? So just a couple to run through some some tips. How do you get your photo to be not blurry? So much of what photography and videography is, is light coming through the lens of that camera and being captured on the sensor. We could get into a whole bunch of technical details But the more light that you have, the faster that that camera can capture 
the image and the faster it can capture it will keep it from becoming blurry. So really it's just the two basic sides to that is holding still. That's pretty obvious. And then having good light. So Luke, do you have any other tips for lighting? One more thing about light is like cameras on your phone are incredible, but the Achilles heel to them is the size of the sensor. And without being too geeky with it, they don't do well in low light, right? So if you take a photo at night with your friends and it's like super grainy, it's because the sensor is so tiny on it that it it just doesn't do well. And that's why they, they're trying software, you know, improvements on the, on the images, noise reduction, things like that. But if you give yourself a lot of light, there's a lot of times where you can't necessarily tell what's been taken on a professional level camera or your iPhone. You know, if you're outside, there's tons of light around and you take a photo, like it's going to be very sharp and clear. And so, yeah, just amping up that light. One thing, just from a stylistic point of view, I think some people think a lot of light. So I'm going to get lights and like point them at my subject. For the most part, that doesn't work very well because it makes it really harsh light. Lots of like crazy shadows. If you're thinking about someone's face, it can be putting a lot of shadows on their face that aren't very flattering. So, you know, think about adding indirect light. Like if you have a light, like I have in my studio, maybe bounce it off the wall and it just like brings up the light in the whole room. So yeah, you don't necessarily have to like point light at the thing you're taking photos of, but try to increase the light in the, in the whole space that you're taking photos. Yeah. I've, I've tried to think a a lot about the best way to say this point or try to communicate this to people I've talked to about photography, but it's not really the brightness of your light and it's more of the quality of the light. And usually people just like, look at me confused when I say that because they're like, (laughs) light has quality. So to try to make a little more simple. The size of your light source has to be larger than the the subject if you're trying to get a soft light. Right now, I'm sitting in front of a large eight-foot window. So if I went to the other side of the room, comparatively, that eight-foot window would be a lot smaller. But because I'm close to it, it's like wrapping around me and light is coming from all the different angles towards my face. So you get softer shadows. So like people talk about photography being better on a cloudy day. That's because the light is raining down from everywhere in the sky instead of one singular point. That being said, sometimes you want harsh light. Sometimes you want the contrast of a super bright light. So look for ways to achieve different lighting setups. If you're trying to make someone not look as wrinkly and show all of their blemishes, then having soft light is better. Whereas if you're maybe you're trying to make a more dramatic photo, like you were talking in the, at night with Gary V, you know, having that light source that was a little bit more pointed and more direct was, was better. Mm. Another quick iPhone tip for those of you, I think Android has a similar feature is you can actually hold the focus button and drag down or up to adjust your exposure. So if things look a little too bright, you can click on the bright part and it should adjust to that part. But if it's still not what you want, you can actually move it down by holding and dragging down or up to make things brighter or darker. Two things that came to mind. One, I don't know if this is really simple, but I actually never did this for a long time. And I was just like cleaning the lens on my iPhone. (laughs) Like, I know that was really simple, but it actually can make a big difference. I never realized it actually gets stuff and like stuff on it. If it looks like you're in a sauna, then something's wrong. You need to... It shouldn't be all foggy and blurry. Yeah. You don't live in a rainforest. Yeah. I think too, thinking about what can you do to rearrange what's around you to put something mm-hmm. different in the photo, putting things against like stark backgrounds or finding interesting ways to create depth. 
the best zoom lens is your feet. You can always get closer to things. You can always go further back. So try not to think necessarily what's the obvious thing or the easiest setup to get. Instead, think, you know, what would make this a little bit more interesting by maybe changing one or two elements? Maybe that's the point of view that you're at. I think we're going to talk about this a little bit with getting creative, but some of the problems that people have with not being interested in the videos come down to these simple, easy to fix tips that if you just take a second and, and look at your setup, you can usually fix. So as far as videos go, I think some things that people don't want to watch is videos with bad sound. In video, it's only as good as your audio. So hopefully you don't have to do a pro mic setup, but sometimes if you're recording a video, instead of using the on-camera mic, pop in a pair of AirPods or you know get one of those little lapel mics that plugs into your phone. Get that audio to be close to your, your mouth so that it's not getting all the other background noises in. Another one for video is just thinking about how you cut it, making sure it's not too long or too rambling. And cutting is everything. Something that I tell myself all the time, specifically when I'm making YouTube videos. And the difficulty is you want long YouTube videos because you want that long watch time. You want people to stay on YouTube, to stay on yeah. your channel. But unless you are just completely riveting at all times, longer videos aren't necessarily better. And something that I tell myself as I'm editing is like, how much can I take out of this and still get the point across? Do they care? Do I need to tell them like, I just had something for lunch this morning? And it's, I know that sounds silly, but when you're making the videos in the moment, it feels important or it feels like they might be interested. But when you're editing, that's where a lot of the magic can come into and telling yourself, can I take this out and still get the message across? And you just keep paring down, keep paring down. And it's actually amazing what your video can turn into when you get rid of a lot of the things that, that don't need to be there. So I think that's good for some of those tips. I know with video, there's a whole other side of that we could jump into. So I think the main things to think about are where your subject is placed, what's happening in the frame, is there movement? that you can show because that's one of the advantages of video. And then sometimes being okay to, to just set your camera down and let the movement happen in the frame instead of the movement happen with your camera. And then there's other times where you want to pick up the camera and you want to be moving it around in a way that makes sense. You don't want to be making people sick, but moving it around in a way that, that helps grab attention. So some of these things that we're starting to talk about are getting a little bit more into the creative side. So just to kind of review, we talked a little bit about that developing that habit of capturing and habit of creating. And then the second thing would be trying to improve the quality. And then the third thing would be starting to look at ways that you can get more creative with the content that you're capturing. So if you think about snapshots or videos like memories, people tend to forget memories. But when you're able to capture something on, on film or on video and you can bring that alive in an interesting way, people will a lot of times remember the photograph more than they'll actually remember the memory. Capture it in a way that is creative and maintains their interest because a lot of times that is the way that they're going to see your business. That is the personality or that's the context and the lens that they'll apply to who you are as a person is that last thing that they've watched of you or, or the, the way that they've interacted with your content. So just the transition into this creative part, a lot of people get overwhelmed when they're thinking about creativity, they, they start thinking about like doing things in a really weird way. Like we talked about earlier, it takes stepping back for a second and looking at how do I do this a little bit different than the way it's always done. So for me, I, I like to think about point of view. 
most people walk up to something and they just pull up their phone and they stick it right there. If you get down on your knees or if you go up a couple steps, you're already on a different plane than 98% of the people that are, are taking that photo or video. Do you have any tips around how to get more creative with our photos and videos? Yeah, we're in a very creative business. I don't necessarily see creativity as this orb that you have to you pray to the gods that you find the creative spark. I've always seen my own creativity as just curiosity. So even when I'm doing a portrait session, there's a lot of intimidation when you, you know, someone's sitting in our studio and it's just me and them and I just have to take good photos of them. Like there is a lot of pressure there. How do I make a good photo out of someone just standing or sitting somewhere? And how I think about it is I get curious. A very practical way of being curious is taking photos of all sides of someone, of asking them to turn the whole way around, even though it feels silly. I actually did a lot of commercial photography and product photography for several years and something that I got in the habit of doing when I was doing products. And I actually take that into taking photos of people now is move it in as many directions as you can think of. And, and when you're curious that way when you're curious like i wonder that's a great way to start i wonder what would happen if i did this if i took it from all four angles if i did upside down just try to be curious think of as many different ways of how you can approach something because i think so many people just take the one photo and say like okay that was great and then they move on but i think what will really get your customers is that if you take the time to look at all four corners of it. Like look at look at every angle. Like going back to the Gary Vee story that I said earlier, like everyone was so focused in the close-up group. I took 20 steps back uh, and said, oh, this is a pretty cool view from back here and took the photo and that was the difference. So yeah, just taking some time and, and looking at, at different angles can be really helpful. Yeah, point of view is huge. It's taking what things we're all familiar with, like time. How can we change time? speeding something up completely or slowing it down. Those are, those, that's a really great way of showing a little bit different perspective than what everyone sees. Maybe you're a manufacturing company and you have a process that's happening super fast. What would it look like to record mm -hmm. that in slow motion? Things on like TikTok or Instagram where they slow down this manufacturing process. I saw what, how cookie molds were made. I just saw that the other day. That is a niche business there. And they just had a slow-mo video of these metal pieces getting slammed into a mold. And I thought that was, I watched it twice. <laughs> <laughs> now all you see is mold making from, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Just, that's all I'm showing you. Another thing that I always think about is how do I contrast things? And this can happen on two different levels. It can happen on the actual level of, of what's in the photo or what's in the video. So contrasting your subject matter or what's, what's in the foreground with what's in the background, but then also contrasting the shots that you put together. So if I'm putting together several pieces to be in my video, I'm going to think about how do I contrast the shot that I just showed. Maybe it's a wide angle view of something and I'm the next shot zooming in or going really close to something that's really up close. That kind of helps our brain stay interested. When we see something that's different, this could come with interviews too. If you have an interview, maybe there's one shot that's wide, but then you bring it in closer for the next shot. That allows us to have a transition and not be like distracted by it, but instead like, oh, this is something completely different. And now I'm interested in it. And that's a great tip. Something that's something that I use all the time myself is I l literally whisper to myself over and over again, like wide, medium, tight, wide, medium, tight. And even as yeah. I'm shooting a wedding, I'm thinking, 
oh, have I shot this full room by itself? Because it's easy to go in close to what's happening. It's go it's easy to go into like what's moving. But if you think, yeah, I thought that was that's really great advice. What you were saying is starting wide, like get the whole scene in, and then do something that's medium that's still getting the action and maybe you know a little closer, and then get something that's detailed. A way to think about detailed photos is. Think about like you're taking photos or video like it's a puzzle and you're going to put those puzzle pieces together later, but capture, you know, close up sections that are interesting and think about it like those are going to be put together as a whole later. But the magic is, is if you take three photos of the same thing from the same distance and you put those beside each other and maybe different, you know, there's a different action in each one. It is very boring feeling. But if you do a wide and then a medium and a tight, it all of a sudden feels riveting because yeah. it, you know, it really draws your brain in to be interested at, at what you're trying to show. Absolutely. And I, something that kind of goes along with that is, is there's a lot of these questions that you can ask yourself that help bring in some different ideas. I think that's all I've got, Luke. We could probably keep jamming all day on this, but I think we're running out of time. Hopefully we did not bore you. Adam's <laughs> going to be watching the subscriber count in this episode very closely. <laughs> <laughs> they talked about photography on a podcast. <laughs> Just to kind of wrap up, Luke, do you see any trends or any interesting things happening in the content space that you find interesting or things that you're kind of curious about? We've been really interested in and the push on on video for content i think instagram is a very real platform it's something that we're really interested in and the move toward so much short content video is for better or for worse like not like loved by still photographers like ourselves right we're like no instagram needs to go back but the reality is we have to learn like right the market changes instagram social media platforms change and I think something that I've been thinking about is just like always constantly being open to learning and learning something that I'm not comfortable with. And I think, like you said at the very beginning, all of these things are very learnable to go from maybe if you're not taking photos for your business at all to like you want to like create lots of content. All of those skills are very, very learnable, even though it feels overwhelming. And I would say the biggest thing is just like your mindset and whether you're willing to like take the time. And even though it feels painful and you don't like, it feels like you're stumbling along. If you take the time just to learn shooting some video, taking photos and making it a better quality, more interesting, how could I make a 10 second reel on Instagram interesting, even though that's not my wheelhouse. And I'm sure that's like a lot of business owners, right? They're like, I just want to sell the widget. I don't want to have to make videos as well. We're seeing that now with even just putting some more effort into things that are outside our wheelhouse, like short form videos, it does make a big difference. Even though it's like, I don't know, I have resistance to that. I want to stay in my wheelhouse and take still photos. But if I, if I learn to branch out and learn other things, I can actually, I could do more still photos because my business will grow from it. So that's kind of the first, the, something that came to mind. Well, thank you all for tuning in and listening and watching or wherever you are doing this. And thank you, Luke, for coming on and being our guest. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you.